interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. Uh, it's a uh, we had the game last night, so we it was just all local radio today. So uh, keep that uh, dial soldered uh, to uh, KLIN, and we got the local programming all the way uh, into the afternoon. And uh, so don't go anywhere. Um, it is a, a a lot of fun today. Sometimes I've I, I have a lot of pastor friends in town, and uh, and it was time to have uh, one of them who's been on before back. This might be the third time. This is second third time. time. Second time? Yeah. Okay, second time. That was the voice of uh, Pastor Dustin Rogers here. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm doing fantastic, Stu. You are the pastor, The is it founding pastor? Yeah. At uh, Heritage Bible Church. How, how long has Heritage been around? 13 years. 13? Yeah. You started it when you were like 12? Yeah, exactly. That... <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'd like to say. <laughs> well, you are you're a very young looking man. That's uh you've you've 42 ca- years young. 42 you carry it well. You carry it very well. <laughs> That's right. Um here we're going to talk about a, a variety of things today. One of the things that uh you know, I always want to find out what my guests are passionate about and um we'll get to this in the next segment, but uh, I've understood something. I see I've known you for a number of years now. Right. But I did not know about this particular passion. Uh, so we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, a passion that he shares with uh, King David. Hmm. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, so 13 years, Heritage yeah. Bible Church, and uh, remind the folks where uh, Heritage is. It's in northeast Lincoln, uh, about 64th and Cornhusker. So way at the northeast corner. Gotcha. Plenty of parking. Plenty of parking there. Yeah, the old Back to the Bible building, mm-hmm. big long brick building there Yep. on Cornhusker Highway. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great church. Yes, and I, I, I think the pastor is a great pastor. If they just had a better pastor, it'd be so they're really no, 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 no. They got the right, <laughs> they got the right guy there. Great that's, people, though. That's for sure. The uh, now some people, uh, number. I always say that Nebraska is predominantly. Uh, if you just look around, it's predominantly a Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist hmm. state. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, I mean, like Presbyterians are like fifth somewhere in the list and we're the wrong kind of Presbyterian. So, <laughs> so I'm like, we're way down on the list, but some people, uh, some of our listeners might know what a Bible church is. Some might not know what a Bible church is. And so describe what is the distinctive, because it's heritage Bible church. What, right. what are some of the distinctives of a Bible church? Well, we are non-denominational. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, we seek to follow the word of God, follow the Bible. Um, thus, Heritage Bible Church, uh, but we are evangelical mm-hmm. um, in persuasion, uh, but seek to faithfully understand what the Bible says and follow it. Speaking of which, uh, what, what are you preaching on lately? Preaching through the Gospel of John, uh, wow. just the first 12 chapters this year. All right. All right. You know, that's uh, for anybody who's been a Christian for any number of years and somebody comes up to you and they say, you know, I'm thinking about reading my Bible and should I start in Genesis? Mm-hmm. And almost always the answer comes back. Yeah. Go to the Gospel of John. Got it. Yeah. See Jesus. Uh, see yourself there and yeah. lots of different characters. Uh, but ultimately, it is a great book in which uh, the Apostle John is trying to convince people that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. He's the hope for every man. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so. Where? How far? How deep into the series are you now? We are in chapter eight. Okay. So, 
you're you're quite a ways in. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, the other thing about the Gospels too. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a, a lot of similarities, but John is has a kind of a distinct voice. Yeah. And what are some of the just as you've been preaching it through that? What are some of the things you've noticed about uh, uh, the voice of of John the the apostle here in the in the Gospel? Wow, that's a good question. It seems like he does strategically piece his work together in order to have a convincing, you know, message. Uh, at the end of the Gospel of John, he says, I've, I've written these things to you so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. So he's trying mm-hmm. to convince you mm-hmm. that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. He's the one that we've been waiting for, mm-hmm. right? If you talk about it from an Israelite perspective, he's the one they've been waiting for, the Messiah, the anointed one, mm-hmm. uh, the one who would come to to save the people from their sin. And so John writes with that particular angle of trying to convince you that Jesus is the Christ. And, uh, you know, that, that's one, I guess that's one marker I would, I would put for the gospel of John. And it's just beautiful uh, to watch him relay who Jesus was in all the, all the manifold um, reflections of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, John just beautifully lays it out uh, who Jesus was, who Jesus is, he is the son of God and he is our hope. Yes. And that's what, you know, we, uh, we're a, a, a PCA church, a Presbyterian church in America and, uh, and, uh, you're a Bible church, but we always emphasize that, uh, that again, if we have these core teachings, understanding right. of who Christ is and how he came to save us and how we receive that, 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 that makes us brothers and sisters Amen. in Christ. Absolutely. And, uh, that's, have you, in your 13 years, do you experience that in your interactions with other churches and just in the, in, in the city? How would you describe the tone? I think we're blessed in Lincoln uh, to have a strong sense of unity um, amongst churches that have, yeah, perhaps different denominational affiliation, but same gospel, same Jesus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, that's a blessing. So yeah, Stu, as some of my friends refer to him, is the Godfather here in Lincoln and oh has done a lot of great work to foster gospel unity in mm. the city. And so I'm, I'm thankful to have uh, you as a friend and as someone who's opened uh, arms to me and to us. It's a blessing, man. Uh, I tell you, well, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm in the fourth quarter, dude. You know, so the <laughs> no, you're not. I turned sixty this year, so uh, there. As I'm in the fourth quarter, I'm looking for you and a bunch of other guys uh, to carry that torch of. Uh, of uh, it's okay to be different on non-essentials, right? Uh, as long as we agree again about Christ and His gospel and, right. and uh, how we receive it, uh, we can we can we can disagree about a bucket of other things, right? By grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Yeah, that's our message, and we share that. Yeah. By the way, you're talking about wearing it well. You wear it well, brother. Well, Still running marathons and such. Oh Good well, grief. no, they're they're not. You're too the man. Fast. They're kind of pokey. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they're, uh, I've had some, you know, the knees get a little wobbly as I get older, but, uh, I, I just decided I was gonna, I was gonna actually quit for a while there. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna save the knees. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I finally just realized, no, you, you need to get out there and do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, you know why I run, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, one of the main reasons is cause I don't want to be a big fat guy. Right. Yeah. It's a good one. So that's a, that's a start. So I play basketball twice a week Ooh. on a typical, on a typical mm-hmm. week. I play basketball yeah. 6 a.m. Uh, in the morning. And uh, yeah, 
there's a group of guys that is kind enough to still let me play with them. So I'm the old guy hanging on. And I know that eventually they're going to be like, okay, you know, Dustin, you should probably stay home, sleep in a little bit. But so far they're allowing me to play with them and it's a great time. So oh, that's awesome. That helps me. I'm not a marathoner. No, no, no. We, but we all, you, but you need something, right? right. It's interesting. I, we're going to talk about your passion again uh, in the next segment. We're going to get into that, uh, this particular one. But, but it's one of the things I've said about exercise. If you don't enjoy it, you won't do it. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when you wake up to play basketball, you're like, hey, I get to play basketball today. Yeah, it is fun. And it's yeah. competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great group of guys. Love those dudes. So, yeah, yeah it's a great thing. So, yeah, I love basketball. I love golf. Mm. Uh, so if they ever kick me out of this little group, I'll just <laughs> stick to golf and, you know, walk, walk nine or walk 18. Absolutely. A, a blessing, so. The, uh, how, uh, how much do you get out for golf? Uh, you know, on the typical, I try to get out at least once a month, mm. but during the summer, sometimes it's more than that. Maybe a couple of times, two or three yeah. times a month. Yeah. You know, when it's nice weather. I'll tell you what, some of the, uh, I don't know if you've met, uh, uh, Matt Odom down at Redeemer, or one of our sister churches. I've met him, but I mm. haven't gotten to know him. I would like to. Here's how you get to know him. Invite him to play golf. Really? Is he a golfer? He is a golfer. He grew up... Matt, let's golf. He grew up in Augusta, Georgia. No! Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. I and love Matt. I love Matt now. The, the uh, <laughs> Matt was the first guy. I played golf my whole life, and he was the first guy. We Now they've closed. It's private now, but at the Wilderness Ridge Executive Course... We would go there, and you can play in an hour and a half and walk the course, right. and it's great. Okay, the second hole is a short par four. Mm-hmm. It's just a little less than 300 yards. I've never seen somebody actually dr- drive it to the green. And he did? But Matt did. He put it on the green. Boom. I mean, that, isn't that kind of... That's impressive. That is imp- I mean, I'm Especially like, for a pastor. Come on. Exactly. The guy's, on, the guy's got the goods. All right, Matt. Let's and, go play. I mean, he could tell you, okay, I'm, that's it. You've, it's, it's on the record. Right uh, I already with, liked Matt. But we don't you, really know each other well, so now we really need to get to know each other. Oh, absolutely! That's uh, there's nothing like bonding through golf. That's right. That's right. All right, gonna take our first break. Uh, we're talking with Dustin Rogers here. He's the pastor at uh, Heritage Bible Church, and uh, hey, glad to have you along. We're just getting started. We're gonna talk about uh, one of his passions, which is again a big passion. If you read the Bible at all, you're gonna see it. And uh, so we'll talk about that in just a moment. You're listening to Friendly Fire on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Dustin Rogers. He's the pastor at Heritage Bible Church. And... Um, one of the things I, I tell my guests to say, hey, you know, I mean, we'll talk about the news, we'll talk about whatever, we'll talk about, hey, you and I love to talk about Jesus, and we will more, but uh, one of the things I say is just like, tell me what you're passionate about, what it really, and it was interesting, you got back to me, and you said you were passionate about? Poetry. Poetry. Uh, more specifically about, you know, looking at the Word of God in a creative way, looking at the world that God has made in a creative mm-hmm. way, and so... Things like art and music and poetry are a creative way of thinking about and looking at uh, the Word of God and the world that He's made. Mm-hmm. So, where uh, trace this back? When did you, when did you first, as a kid, did you know, hey, I, I'm kind of like expressing myself this way? Or when did it begin? I didn't. Uh, gracious, you know, as a kid, all I could think about was basketball. <laughs> I loved basketball. I grew up in North Carolina. Ooh. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, in North Carolina, like 
it's basketball like it is football here. Mm -hmm. So I grew up playing basketball and, you know, being totally devoted that way. Um, uh, it was after college, actually, when I picked up the guitar for the first time. It, mm. it was actually a difficult season in my life, and I needed a good hobby to kind of uh, get into. And uh, my mom actually had a guitar that she would play occasionally, and so I went and borrowed that uh, from her and kind of taught myself how to play guitar. And mm. in the process of learning how to play guitar, starting to learn how to you know, put chords together for a song and playing, you know, some good country songs or, you know, some praise and worship songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then through that, I kind of figured out that I was hearing some stuff that I wanted to, you know, kind of explore. And so started doing a little bit of exploring writing music. And uh, even though I don't know how to read music, I can hear it pretty well. Mm. And so started to dabble into that. And then, of course, then lyrics. And it was kind of a progression. And uh, as I had a lot of time, I was single from 22 to 20, well, all the way to 27, mm -hmm. not 22 to 27, but I was out of school mm -hmm. and uh, didn't get married until I was 28 years old. And uh, anyway, so had a lot of time and mm. kind of invested some of that time into learning how to play music, uh, think about music, uh, think about lyrics. And one thing led to another and just got more and more passionate about mm -hmm. this creative form mm. and writing poetry. How did that? How did the timing of your interest in music and getting married? How did that? How did that line up with your time frame for being, uh, ex uh, feeling a call to, to pastoral ministry? Yeah, I was already engaged in pastoral ministry, okay. so I was a youth pastor uh, mm -hmm. during the majority of that time. Uh, before then, coming out here uh, to help plant this church. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know the the connection really began to pick up steam when, as a youth pastor, I was looking for ways in which to communicate creatively to them, to mm. help them love God, to help them mm -hmm. see the Bible maybe in a, a unique way. Mm -hmm. And so I began to dabble with, you know, writing songs for them that were based on the series that I was trying to teach. Mm. And look, I don't claim that any of these songs are great, <laughs> right? Or any of the poetry that I've tried to write is good, but it's been helpful for me, you know, to try to creatively think about the word of God in that sense. And I think in some ways it's been helpful mm -hmm. for the people that God's called me to lead. Oh, I, I mean, there's nothing like original work. I mean, original work is very, it's exciting to be a, be a part of that and to experience that. Describe a little bit of your process then. If you're, uh, how do you, how do you get ideas and, and what would a typical process be like if you were, if you were going to begin to write either a song or a, or just a, a, some poetry? Yeah, usually it starts with inspiration. Like I'm inspired by uh, something that I've learned in the Word of God, and I'm just, you know, amazed at how it's put together. I'm amazed by the truth in it. Um, and then I kind of go to work because it is work. It doesn't just come easy um, mm -hmm. to wordsmith through a poem or a song to put it together in a certain rhythm and rhyme. It, it has to work together. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it takes effort. Um, but I really enjoy that process, but it always starts with a measure of inspiration. I usually mm -hmm. don't just sit down and go like, I'm going to write a poem today. Rather it, it usually comes on the heels of like, that was an amazing text. And mm -hmm. I, I've seen things new in that text that I never saw before. I've seen God in a new way. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I want to speak about that in a mm -hmm. creative sense. I want other people to see this. And mm -hmm. so I think art, uh, music, 
poetry, it has the capacity, because I think God has given that to us as a gift, it has the capacity mm -hmm. of speaking in a different sense, Yes. in a different way, like grabbing us in a yeah. different way. Mm -hmm. um, one, of, one of the guys that I've uh, been inspired by is Michael Card. Mm. Um, he's a wonderful songwriter. Right. And he talks a little bit about John 8, uh, when Jesus there with the woman taken in adultery. He talks about uh, that scene where Jesus turns and writes in the sand mm. as a kind of artistic moment in which he grabs the audience in a unique way. That when he gets down on the ground in silence and writes, instead of just says words, he writes words on the ground. It's a, a form of art. He talks about that as creating space in time for people to think, pause and think about things in a new way, in a different way, in a creative way. And that, that process is the beauty of poetry. It's the beauty of music. It's the beauty of a painting. It, it forces people to stop and pause and, and think and look mm -hmm. in a way that they wouldn't just at words yeah. on a page. Yeah. Um, so much of scripture is poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Even uh, even in the opening, you know, chapter of Genesis, mm. uh, it's it's a, has a poetic form to it. That's right. And so uh, so obviously this is <laughs> God. God likes to use this form. Right. One of the things that uh, you know. Okay. So um, you're talking about kind of getting past our defenses, getting past our our. Okay. Our, yeah. You know the the. Well said. Yeah, the um, I think about you know the that's a lot of what parables are about mm -hmm. is to make us think about something in a new way and kind right. of get past those normal defenses. But poetry, I mean, good art always kind of does that, doesn't it? It does, and you see that in the Psalms. There's mm -hmm. a lot of reasons why people love the Psalms, but one of them I think is because of the poetic form. Mm -hmm. You're talking about repetition, um, simile, metaphor. It helps us to think, and it gives us a picture, paints pictures in our minds. You know. For example, mm -hmm. you think about Psalm 1. It's one thing to say to someone, there are blessings in following Christ. Yeah. It's another thing to say to them that the righteous man will be like a tree mm. planted by streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever it does, it prospers. Mm. Whoa, like, there's a lot there, right? There's nourishment. There, There is... There's fruit bearing, right? And, and all of that also just paints this picture in our brains that goes, that's cool. You know, yeah. and that gives me a lot to think about. That's the beauty of poetry. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, uh, one, one of the questions that some people, some people who maybe aren't, don't appreciate art in that way as much, will kind of come with some version of, well, if that's what God meant, why didn't he just say it, you know, in a, <laughs> in a, in a straight, you know, didactic way instead of right. giving us a poem, Right. giving us or you know something like that and uh and it and of course there are many just straightforward didactic right. teachings in the bible truth but these other forms uh speak to us in in ways that again that they they, they cut deep don't they they do they mm -hmm. do it helps us to feel it yeah. helps us to see um and it's a reminder that god is a creator he is a creative god and so yeah i i yeah, I would really caution against that kind of mentality that sort of is negative about art or negative about song or poetry mm -hmm. because it's a reflection of God, who mm -hmm. he is as a designer, who he is as a creative uh, God. And um, I think it's it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. We're going to take another break. And then when we come back, um, 
Well, let's, let's flesh this out a little bit more, and I wonder, I might, maybe I can talk you into just sharing a poem or two. Sounds good. All right, let's give it a shot. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Dustin Rogers here from Heritage Bible Church. Good to have you along, freshen up the coffee. We're, we're, we've got a lot yet to cover here. Uh, this is Friendly Fire on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Dustin Rogers here from Heritage Bible Church and uh, talking about your your passion for poetry and songs. Before we get to some of those, because uh, I, I would like to hear, uh, and I think the audience would like to hear one or two of the poems, one of the things that, you know, we, we do things on a regular basis, uh, on on Sunday services, <laughs> that when, when you really think about it, if you didn't grow up doing it, are kind of weird. Hmm. You know, one of those things being, hey, we're all going to sing a song together, <laughs> right? You know, and okay, what other setting do you do that in, other than the Star Spangled Banner, maybe, hmm. or or maybe a really good concert where everybody happens to know the song? Mm-hmm. But That's I, true. it's but it's kind of an unusual thing that that we take for granted because we do it every week. Right? It is. It is unusual. Yeah. And, and, you know, now that you mention it, I don't think there are a lot of venues where you do that, you know, maybe in some sort of school setting where you have a rallying cry um, yeah. or like a football game like last night, you know, where uh, there's, you know, the, the song of Nebraska where people kind of join yeah. together and sing, but it's, it's more of an anthem type thing that yeah. brings people together. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's unusual. It it is it is it's kind of different and then of course, you know, every time you know we go to a place, oh I don't know that song, oh I know this one, hmm. and then you're singing in and Earl, how can I can I catch on? And but by, by the time the song is done, maybe I've learned it, right? Yeah, but uh, that that kind of uh, it's funny. A lot of people, you'll ask, you know, we're we're pastors, we're preachers, yeah. <laughs> we, we're like, well, you know, the sermon is the most important part of the service, <laughs> right? You know, that's the, but. But in terms of engaging people and engaging their hearts, you can make a real strong argument that, that again, good scriptural, truthful songs yes, yes. are equally important. They speak to our heart. And in fact, um, you know, sometimes you and I will in sermons quote a hymn yeah. and you can see it on people's faces. They grab this. It, it's, you know, you said earlier, it slips, ba- lip, uh, slips past our defenses. I love that line. Hmm. because it does there's i don't know it's hard to explain it's hard to uh really grab because it does do that like for example just last week i I quoted towards the end of my sermon um the old song at calvary Hmm. you know mercy there was great and grace was free Hmm. pardon there was multiplied to me Hmm. there my burdened soul found liberty Hmm. at calvary yeah and when I said those words, it felt like everything I said, you know, in the minutes prior to that, perhaps was kind of going over their heads. But when I started those lines, it yeah. was like everybody was right there and yeah. going, that's so meaningful. Yeah. It helps me to think about what Jesus did for me at the cross and the freedom that yeah. we have yeah. as a result. So Absolutely. Beautiful. They used to joke that a, a good Presbyterian sermon always had three points in a poem. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, you got to, because there you go. they, may, Baptist, by the way. they may not remember the three <laughs> points, but they're going to remember the poem. And uh, that's the, that's the, the hook that's going to stick with you. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's no doubt that music, there's a, 
there's a chorus we sing. It's actually a children's chorus, and uh, we started learning it this last year. Um, it's just called Jesus Strong and Kind. Oh, so good. I it's love that. So simple. So good. But I'm telling you what, I can't make it through the song. Right. I, I just, I choke up at the end. Every, you know, uh, Jesus says, if, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on that cross, he would come to me. Amen. I can't, I can't even say that without almost choking up. Wow. It's like, uh, it, it just takes that gospel, that rich, deep gospel, and just simplifies it right down to a child's level, which, by the way, I need. Yeah. And it's just like, if I'm lost, that's right. That's right. No, Jesus showed me. He showed me on that cross that if I'm lost, he'll come to me. Hmm. Uh, and, you, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm familiar with that song. Mm -hmm. And as I've thought about that song, I think the brilliance of that song or the brilliance of that poetry, uh, one of the aspects of brilliance is that uh, if you remember the first two stanzas say that we can come to him, mm -hmm. you know, if you're lost, yes. if you're, you know, away, whatever you can come to him. But then, yeah, for me, like when it clicked in my head the first time that the last stanza says he will come to you, yeah. he will come to me. Yeah. It made me emotional too. Mm. It, it was like that little turn of phrase yeah. when you're used to saying, I can come to him. I can go to him. Yeah. He will come to you. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Beautiful. That's good poetry. That is good poetry. Okay. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, let's just no, let's no, no. Just set up one. <laughs> no, just, I just would like to hear a sample if you're okay with that. You just, got it. Uh, and uh, you can set it up any way you want to. But uh, is this uh, recent? Yeah, this is a recent uh, poem that I wrote for the church that we actually did share with the church um, about a sermon that I did that I titled. The Martha We Know, the Mary We Need. And it's based on Luke 10, mm. 38 to 42. Um, and this moment where uh, Jesus has visited the home of Mary and Martha. And Martha's, you know, for example, in the kitchen doing all the preparations, mm -hmm. right? She's distracted. But Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And basically the, the point of the sermon was we can be a lot like Martha. Mm -hmm. Too distracted. Not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Maybe distracted by good things. Mm -hmm. But we need to be more like Mary. Mm. And just worship, you know, prioritize mm. sitting at the feet of Jesus. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So the poem is the Martha we know, the Mary we need. She was busy. Long on her list and little on time, she hurried and worried to make it all fine. Cooking and cleaning, preparing to dine with the master, the host who turned water to wine. Wouldn't that be nice? She sighed. A little frustrated, but then she remembered how long she had waited for help to return and grew so irritated. This beautiful scene was obliterated. She was busy. And this is the Martha we know. But Mary, she was lost. Long on amazement with no sense of time, she lingered before humanity's prime in awe of his aura and gripped by the line of the master, his presence sublime. Tell me more, she said, as she sat at his feet, like a child leaning in on the edge of their seat as a story is read, one where good will defeat all the villains that ruin a stroll down the street. She was lost. And this is the Mary we need. We settle for busy and need to get lost. Distracted are we by culture. We're bossed, so maxed out for good, we don't see the cost. We're running on empty and easily tossed like Martha we know when Mary we need. One bothered so while one would succeed in choosing the best, pausing to feed on the word of the guest. 
the true food indeed. Martha we know, but Mary we need. There you go. Thank you. That's uh, that's well crafted. What? Uh, how long did that? How long was that process? Uh, I worked on that for a few weeks. Yeah. 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 How? And then that was embedded uh, in your in your sermon series. Then. Yeah, I did uh, kind of a two-part sermon series on that, and mm-hmm. that was like a deviation from John uh, for a bit. And yeah, we read that mm-hmm. part of. It's funny, one of the, in, in the church world, again, this is very common, the kind of the, the Martha and Mary, uh, Martha's, she's busy, she's going to get stuff done, she's wondering why nobody's helping, and, mm-hmm. and Mary, it just, it even, even as we describe it, as good Americans, as good Midwesterners, <laughs> who, who appreciate hard work, right. and all that it takes to get things done, you know, they're... There still is that little voice inside of us that says, "Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff to do." Right. And uh, uh, so, the how did your people respond to that? Not only to the poem, but to the sermon. I think well, you know, um, I think it's something that we need to be reminded of often. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are easily distracted, especially because we all have smartphones in our hands now, and uh, you know, silence and space to think, to process, to hear the voice of the Spirit is often eliminated because we're just constantly busy, constantly distracted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there's a part of us that looks at that story and we go like, Jesus should tell Mary to go help, right? <laughs> he should tell her to get up and help. And you know, like yeah. the food is not going to make itself, right? But he doesn't. In fact, he uses that moment to use Mary as a kind of parable uh, for us to say what she's doing is the best. She's chosen volitionally chosen the best in this moment. Hmm. And he tells Martha essentially, no, I'm not going to tell her to come back. Hmm. She's not, that's not going to be taken from her. She's hmm. doing well. Yes. And yeah. so I think it's a good um, instruction for us or challenge for us to say, like, I need to evaluate my life to ensure that I'm prioritizing the best things, the yeah. main things. Yeah. So. And that's, I mean, that's a constant challenge, isn't it? I mean, right. I think, Especially people think that, you know, pastors get some kind of, uh, you know, spiritual, uh, you know, free card to, to just uh, not be distracted in the way that but, right. but we have all those distractions, too. Yeah. And a lot of good and they're not all bad things. Right. Uh, but uh, but we can we can be drawn away from just sitting in the word, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, one last break. We're going to come back and do a shameless plug. Sounds good. You got one more poem? I I could. Oh, well, we'll see about that. We'll see if I can talk him into one more poem. I uh, <laughs> I I enjoyed that, uh, and I hope you did too. It's a friendly fire Saturday here, talking with Pastor Dustin Rogers from Heritage Bible Church, and we will be right back. You're listening to Friendly Fire on uh, the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three, KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning, talking with uh, Pastor Dustin Rogers here from Heritage Bible Church. And uh, Dustin, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So you tell me what I need to know. Plug away when it comes to what I need to know. If I wake up one Sunday and say, hey, I want to go to Heritage Bible Church. Boom. We'd love to have you. We have services at 9 and 1030. 
and we'd welcome you uh, with a good old-fashioned hug, probably. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. But I would say my shameless plug, because you told me I was going to get to yes. the shameless plug. Plug away. My shameless plug is the Engine House Cafe in Havelock. That's Ooh, my shameless plug. Nice. Because we love Havelock, <laughs> and we believe that the Engine House is the best breakfast in town. So if you want a great, classic breakfast, come see us at the Engine House. Nice. You know, you'll, uh, you'll be happy to know that we have a, a <laughs> north group of men... Nice. Who once a month have breakfast on a, on the first Wednesday of the month at nice the, the engine, engine house. house cafe. That's right. Fantastic. I have eaten there several times myself. Very good. Although it's a little bit you know so it mostly draws the people who live on the north side of town. But right. Yeah. Yeah. The promised land up here. Well, that's right. It's uh, it is the promised. <laughs> and there's a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of good folk in Northeast Lincoln. <laughs> well, one of my good Amen. friends, Ben Lose, went to Northeast High School. Right uh, on. Pastor Grace Chapel. Uh, Chris Beckenbaugh, who's uh, running for the county clerk, is cool. uh, from Northeast Lincoln. Very good. And so, yeah, I bet she, I bet she's going to dominate up there because that's her turf right up there. Nice. You know, Northeast Lincoln. So, uh, but you know, I'm, I was just at Northeast High School last Monday. Were you helping with FCA? No way. So I love Northeast High School. Oh. And I hey. live in Havelock, so I'm I'm. I'm all in, man. Say hi to the principal out there. She's a friend of mine. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Well, I am, a, I, by the way, I am polar opposite. I grew up in Southwest Lincoln. So okay. Northeast Lincoln, no Southwest Lincoln. When I was growing up. There's always hope for you, Stu. There was, well, you know, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. The, when I grew up, Sorry. I was literally like in the furthest corner of Southeast Lincoln. The only thing across the highway basically was the state pen and Weaver's Uh-oh. potato chips. There you which go. Which is something else now, whatever. And, uh, but now, now it's, you know, all that's changing, hmm. all that's changing. Um, so, um, uh, well, by the way, shameless plug, is there a website connected to, uh, heritage? Yes. Uh, heritage Bible Lincoln.com heritage Bible Lincoln.com. All right. Um, and there are rumors that a coffee shop is coming to have a lot. No way. Coffee shop and a little ice cream parlor. Ooh. And so we're very excited about that as well. Is it? Do you are these? Uh, did you start the rumors, or did you? Or are you just well, passing them along? That remains to be seen. We'll okay. see. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the only other place, by the way, I would. Uh, so yeah, I've been to the engine house. I've also um, old pastor buddy of mine used to always want to meet me at the aisles. The aisles is great too. The aisles yeah, pizza. You know, maybe that will be my shameless plug next time. But yes. Big Havelock fans. It's kind of our community that we uh, try mm-hmm. to impact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Engine House isn't paying me to say this at all. <laughs> we just love it. And I do believe it's the best breakfast in town. But the Isles, that might be the best pizza that's in what, town. That's what people in Northeast Lincoln say. You know, and I'm like, I, you know, who's to dispute that? It's good stuff, man. It is, it is good. Come to Northeast. Yes. They're uh, one of them. They, they have all those novelty pizzas, the personal pan pizzas, and the, that's what we used to have for lunch. Isn't it like one of the, like, the leaning tower? The leaning of... tower of pizza. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was it. That's right. Oh, man. That's good stuff. No, they'll take care of you up there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the way, there... You're a music guy. You're a uh, a, a lyric uh, poetry guy. Mm-hmm. How how crucial was that when you planted the church? That skill set because people think about pastors primarily as teachers and preachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, I mean, you've got that skill set. Did that was that a big part of the planting of the church or a, a side part or? 
How did that work? It wasn't a big part, and it's uh, it's taken me some time to be willing to kind of bring it out a little bit mm. uh, more. I don't really do any music at the church um, just because from the very beginning, I, I never wanted people to come to Heritage and, and think that I thought it was my show. Mm. Um, so I've always kind of tried to stay away from the music um, bit, uh, but uh, it's it's played a role. Uh, we did produce an album a few years ago uh, of songs that were based on sermon series oh. that we gave to the people. Um, and, you know, I think that was well-received. People enjoyed that and were able to think about uh, some of the series we've done and some of the major hooks in those mm-hmm. texts uh, through song. Um, and uh, more in recent years, we've shared poetry um, that I've written based on sermon series. For example, last Christmas we did we wrote a a Christmas program that we did on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. on the Book of Esther. So we preached Ooh. through the Book of Esther, mm-hmm. and then I wrote kind of a more of an epic poem about the Book of Esther, mm. uh, carrying that narrative, and that was really fun. That took a long time, but it was a blast, and I think people enjoyed that and were helped by it. Mm-hmm. Again, it just kind of helped uh, sort of people to sort of think creatively about the text and, and grab some of the major things that are in the book of Esther, for example, really deeply embedded in irony. But mm. in the poem, we kind of brought it a little bit closer to the surface in mm-hmm. rhythm and rhyme. Nice. So. You know, when, when pastors are interested in something and the congregation knows it, oftentimes then there'll be people in the congregation that say, hey, you know, well, I do some writing too, or, yeah. you know, I, I, and those kind of things. Do you get people who then, because they know what your interests are, then want to talk about that with you? I have occasionally. I have mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, I probably need to be a little bit more open about that to say, like, you know, this is a passion. If you want to talk about that, I'd love to talk to you about it. I've thought about starting a little, you know, cohort of sorts where we can get together and just talk yeah. about that because I'm still learning. I'm not, it's not like I got my degree in this or anything. I'm yeah. not an expert yeah. by any means. Um, but I do believe that we ought to think creatively about the Word of God and about mm-hmm. His world. And so I think that even if you are listening to this and going, like, I don't think I have that skill or I don't think I have that gift or, or wiring, I would still encourage you to try. Mm-hmm. You know, something you're passionate about, your wife, your mm-hmm. husband, your children, um, something beautiful you've seen in the world. Uh, give some time and some effort mm-hmm. to maybe write down a poem and just work at it. Try to craft the, the language. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you will find is that you'll grow to appreciate that object more. Mm. So your wife, for example, your, your child, you'll think about the attributes you want to highlight. Mm. You'll think about them more. Or, or if it's a text of scripture, you'll think about the aspects mm-hmm. of that or think about who God is. Yeah. And you'll see beauty in a way that perhaps yeah. you wouldn't otherwise. And so... Yeah, I mean, none of my poems have ever been published. And Mm. again, I don't claim to be a great poet, but boy, it's been the hobby that's blessed my soul. It's helped me Mm. to see more beauty. And uh, and I think it it has helped me to communicate that more effectively to the congregation because I am constantly thinking about what are the major hooks in this text that I can present to the people in a in a creative way. So obviously every sermon is not a poem. But I do, I do think about that every week. Like, how are people going to hear this? Mm-hmm. And to exercise some creative effort in trying to help people grab some major hooks yeah. uh, when they walk out. So yeah, yeah. There, uh, in on Facebook, I mentioned that uh, you have something in common with King David because most people understand that David 
So he's a warrior. He's a king. He killed Goliath. He's got all these, you know, attributes. But he's also what about half the Psalms mm-hmm. are from David? Yeah. And so whether he's uh, he's writing the words, whether he's writing the music, again, I don't know if there are other instrumentalists who are taking care of that. But mm-hmm. uh, this man, uh, one of the great kings and warriors and sinners of <laughs> of all the Bible, uh, but he he wrote uh, some of the most memorable words in the Bible. That's right. Uh, if, it's funny, if anybody knows any part of the Bible other than John, it might be the Psalms, right? Psalm 23, yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. That's awesome. Any, I've got about a minute left. Got a short poem? Oh, I can try. Give it a shot. It in. Give it a shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Uh, too much for a minute, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, squandered, <laughs> Sorry, I squandered our time. <laughs> but uh, uh, I can say one thing about poetry that might mm-hmm. just inspire people yes uh, this is actually I mean. not from necessarily a christian uh, but a poet a famous poet who talks about poetry in this way percy shelley the english romantic poet said poetry lifts the veil from the hidden beauty of the world and makes familiar objects be as if they were not familiar mm. so yeah read good poetry maybe give effort to write some poetry but most of all See God in his world through the lens of creativity. And I think your love for him will grow. That is the perfect last word. Uh, Dustin, thank you for being here today. It's an honor. Uh, It's great to have you here. And uh, I uh, leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.